Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? I just now thought of fantastic. Fantastic yeah, That's product. why I say that. I, I say know. it in my head every mm-hmm. time. I, I another just... fantastic episode. <laughs> exactly. Hey, yeah. happy to report, as you already reported to everyone, uh, that... Neither one of us nor any of the Fed Haters Club turned out to be on Epstein's client list. Yeah. So we're far. probably on some lists, but not oh, yeah, that definitely one. plenty of lists. Yeah. yeah. So uh, good, good job evading the. <laughs> Never mind. Good job, everyone. We got some great people here in the group. None of us ended up on the list. And, um, you know, the list didn't exactly blow my socks off or anything. It wasn't Mm. like this world-changing revelation, which is kind of a sad thing when you think about it, when everyone's like, oh, yeah, we already knew that guy was a pedophile. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we knew Bill Clinton's name was going to be on the list. Okay, we already knew that. He flew on the the plane 27 times. Were you surprised that Trump really wasn't on it, that Trump wasn't a client? Um, Because everybody thought that he was? So I am surprised as a human being and my feelings about Donald Trump as a person, I'm not actually surprised he wasn't on the list because of the way he's talked about it before and his supporters talk about it before. I sort of assumed that he was free and clear on on this list. I'm sure he's on plenty of other lists. And apparently I saw that he has, or he banned Epstein from Mar-a-Lago I hadn't seen that one. Apparently, I saw it on Twitter, but I couldn't verify it. Yeah, I have been reading Twitter a lot more lately. That's cool. And I feel like my life has become worse. worse. It made it worse. It's worse. Exactly. That's what happens. Yeah. I thought my life was bad before, Mm -hmm. and it's gotten worse. And then you looked at Twitter. Yeah. And uh, or X. And I get what you're saying. The more I look at it, the more I'm like, I can't believe anything. Yeah. That's being said. Now I'll talk about it on the show, but we'll talk. But we'll also. What say, I'm saying is, I don't know if it's true or not. There are so many things that the you people see out that there. come out as this is God given gospel written in stone is impressive. A lot of people, and uh, you know, and then I'm like, well, those people seem to have a decent following. <laughs> they do, and it'll make you question some things. I know, like why don't you just make wild accusations and assumptions all the time? And then we could be richer. Yeah, there's a lot of ways. <laughs> That you, or you could just cut someone else's video and post it, you know, in good conscience. I know. Do that. I I have to say things like, I don't know, because it's the truth. I know. (laughs) I saw someone talk about, I I did see someone talk about the reason the Libertarian Party was started in the 80s was because it was all the 70s or 70s, was because it was about seeking the truth, because the other two parties had gone, you know, wacko. Mm -hmm. And then, but this guy was calling out a libertarian for not telling the truth. And he was saying, you know, the libertarian party was started because of truth, hmm. you know, How and about that's that? the thing. And he said, to be a libertarian, you have to tell the truth. And that's I see a lot of, of non-libertarians out there. Yeah. And the thing is, is like the truth will set you free, but also I think it gets you hated. It does get you hated. It also is not as fun. It's, it's not. not. It's not near as fun for a lot of mm-hmm. people. They want to see wild accusations and assumptions and extrapolating out from a, a word that you see here and there and posting out this crazy stuff. And that's what people. That's what people really want. It's kind of boring to just talk about. Oh, here's how much money the government is stealing from you. That's not cool. You want to say here's how much money the the Pizza Gate pedophile ring demonic satanic uh, government powers are taking from you so they can give it to murderer rapist immigrants (laughs) that are, you know, whatever. You just got to keep throwing in stuff like that. Right. And then maybe you could do better on Mm. social media, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Obama's a Muslim. Yeah. Born in Kenya. And uh, yeah, Yeah. uh, that'll get Donald Trump famous, you know, because he was the one that was pushing the birther thing there (laughs) a while back. You remember that? He's the one that was pushing that. I know. It's crazy to think about. It'd be much like, it would be a lot more fun if we could just like, if we were just flat earthers, you know, (laughs) (laughs) kind of would be fun for a little bit to believe that we live on a flat earth. Um, so court releases hundreds of unredacted documents in Jeffrey Epstein case. Uh, this is the first batch of documents. Are they disappointing? Yeah, there's nothing that there's, there's nothing 
life changing as far as what we thought we already knew. Um, Speak, in my opinion, it's this not would the be craziest. fun if we just we took a hard line on the fact that Epstein is a some type of agent of a Let's, foreign adversary. Yeah, or even the CIA, purposely sent to <clears throat> set this whole scenario up. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, isn't out of the question. Have you? Seen well, of the, course, it's not out of the question. Have you seen the movie Sound of Freedom? <laughs> no, I haven't. Great movie. It's we on Prime it the, now. It's on Prime now. It's mm-hmm. a great movie. Watched it the other night. I mean, it's actually. I mean, it's disgusting too, but. Um, I just, there's some sick people out there. Yeah. Just, it's so gross. Um, Like. What do you want to go with? Do you want to go with CIA buying, plant? Or people what? are buying infants. Yeah. And like two-year-old and three-year-old and four-year-old children. Yeah, on Wayfair. I saw that on Twitter trending. Yeah. <laughs> buying them on Wayfair. It's, well, anyway, on, it's Etsy now, I think. In The Sound of Freedom, they, they, they have a billionaire investor to buy this island. And they set up this whole island sting. It actually happened. There's real footage. Mm-hmm. And they they get the kids there. They ended up rescuing 54 children in that sting. Um, but who's to say there isn't some type of foreign adversary playing the long game? To gain control Epstein, over some of the most important people in politics and business. Epstein set up an island. He had this him and Jelaine. Maybe he's not dead. Maybe he... Maybe he was extracted. I, I hear there's drone footage that shows a guy that looks just like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, a couple of days after he allegedly killed himself yeah. uh, on the island. So and I don't know. And rather than saying, I don't know, or whatever, yeah. we could come on this we show. We could just and be say like, that that's the case. We have inside information. <laughs> you don't have to say that. We just Someone, say it as if it's the truth. I know. Wouldn't that be fun? It does it sound kind fun. of fun, but I can't. I, I, can't, I can't do do, it do that. It's it's triggering so much in my head right now. Just saying, I don't know. That is a theory, though. There's well, a theory course. out there that that Epstein's not dead. The dude was extracted. He has ties to Israel. Um, he may be a Moscow plant. To get- it's one of the reasons we have so much unwavering support for Israel when it comes to fight because they've got Epstein as he, a Mossad agent and. And uh, he's holding all this over people in America's heads. And he's so, got video footage of <clears throat> these rich people. Mm-hmm. So he could use it as blackmail or the, the foreign government can use it as blackmail. Or it could just be the CIA. And maybe the they, maybe the U.S. government wants power over all these major corporations. And this is one thing that they've used to gain leverage over some yeah. of those people. One thing we do know for sure, <laughs> as Councilman says here, he did <clears throat> not kill himself. I Okay. We don't know that for sure. I do. But I will, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my money on him not killing himself. That that would be where I come down. So there's some stuff that a lot of people are passing around. Uh, there's this thing from Bill Clinton. Surely this is not all we're going to hear about Bill Clinton. Someone saying that someone else said that Bill Clinton likes girls young. And that's about the most damning thing about Bill Clinton and the 900 and something pages of documents that were released. Surely that's not all that we're going to get about these people because if that's the case, that's not enough, folks. My least favorite thing in any court, trial, anything is eyewitness testimony. I don't trust anyone. And so I I don't... (laughs) Go ahead. This is Bill Clinton. Yeah. (laughs) Define Young. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. See, that's all he has to say. Depends on what the definition of young is. Yeah. Uh, so you 18, got, <laughs> you got that. Nineteen um, is young. <laughs> to me, Alan Dershowitz is the craziest revelation from this one. The reason I say it's the craziest is because, and now maybe you you should have seen this coming, but Alan Dershowitz has been out there talking about the fact that he was going to be in the court documents when anything was released about Epstein and that not everyone in these documents is someone who did something bad. Not everyone in these documents is someone who knew what was going on. And so as much as he has talked about it in the past, uh, I thought that there wasn't going to be anything about him when it, when it came out, turns out there's like explicit specific stories about Alan Dershowitz having sex with young women in these stories. Uh, one such powerful individual that Epstein forced then minor Jane Doe number three to have sexual relations with was former Harvard law professor Alan Dershowitz. So he was trying to get ahead of the curve. Yeah. He knew that it was going to eventually become <clears throat> I unsealed. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. A close friend of Epstein's and well-known criminal defense attorney. Now, that this is according to someone else's accusations. 
All of these Did are. Did Durswich also <clears throat> represent Epstein in the yes. 2008 when he, when he actually got arrested? In fact, that is talked about. Durswitz was an eyewitness to the sexual abuse of many other minors by Epstein and several of Epstein's co-conspirators. He would later play a significant role in negotiating the MPA on Epstein's behalf. Indeed, Dershowitz helped negotiate an agreement that provided immunity from federal prosecution in the Southern District of Florida, not only to Epstein, but also to any potential co-conspirators of Epstein. Huh. Wonder why you put that provision Thus, in there. Thus, Dershowitz helped negotiate an agreement with a provision that provided protection for himself against criminal prosecution in Florida for sexually abusing Jane Doe number three. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, uh, it's kind of suspect. It's a little, it's a little sus. Yeah. It also continues on here. Because this broad immunity would have been controversial if disclosed, Dershowitz, along with other members of Epstein's defense team and the government, tried to keep the immunity provision secret from all of Epstein's victims and the general public, even though such secrecy violated the Crime Victims' Rights Act. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me the government violated the government. You don't say. Through, yeah. How about that? Interesting. That's weird. Um, I really think that that's <laughs> nice. Uh, Daisy said Epps team. Epps team. The stuff with, uh, that's what we can call it for sure. It'll save mm-hmm. time on that. Um, the stuff with Trump, the reason he was uh, mentioned in the documents was someone saying that they hadn't seen him on the island and that they hadn't given him massages and that they hadn't had sex with him or seen him have sex with anyone else. Um, and then the, the only, the other time was one time their flight was maybe grounded or delayed or something in uh, Atlantic City or close to Atlantic City, basically. And they mentioned we should call up Trump and go to the casino. And they don't know if he ever actually called up Trump or anything. That was about it. That's what we have. So I hope there's more in the rest of the documents. And supposedly there's more that could come out as soon as today or tomorrow. And then I think there are some more later in the month. They were giving someone 30 days because they said their life would be in danger when all of this came out. And so that's supposed to be later in January. So we'll see. We're going to need more than this if anyone's going to get any criminal prosecution in this case. And no, what do you think actually is going to no happen? No one's going to. Is the, is, no one is going to. Yeah, they, that's what's going to happen. They should have already been prosecuted. And the really sad the the really sad thing about this, I know a lot of people are talking about it right now. Um one thing that's crazy by the way is a uh, trending on Twitter last night. Now remember, these documents come out mentioning Dershowitz and a bunch of other names. Uh you're talking about um Prince uh Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew. And a lot of other people Clinton mentioned in here liking girls young and What's trending on Twitter last night? Stephen Hawking. <laughs> okay. I forgot about that one. Oh. Hold on a second. Let me tell you this one first. Trump is a racist. Not racist, rapist. Sorry. That was all a really funny meme that had the uh, P out there and he was holding the P and the C and uh, it was kind of funny. But Trump is a rapist was trending on Twitter last night and it was all talking about that civil case where he was found liable uh, for, for that thing. And that's what like left Twitter has trending after you get documents implicating a former president of the United States and actually liking young girls and getting some potentially some services from Epstein's little business that he was running. They're like, oh, no, look at Trump, though. And I found that to be really sad because at the end of the day, the truth is no one cares. If it's someone on the left, the left doesn't care. If it's someone on the right, the right doesn't mm-hmm. care. And, and that's, that's going to be, that's it. It's that's a, the problem it, with them having principles. It's all the tribe. Yeah. And, and that's it. They're going to sweep. If it's, if, if, even if this did implicate Trump, of course, that's all made up to try and take down Trump. You know, if it, if it did say that Trump was mm-hmm. doing whatever with, uh, with girls there. And I assume the left is going to assume the same thing when, when it comes out about Clinton, if there's more mention of him in any of the documents. And, um, that's just kind of sad. It's also kind of sad to me that uh, this is that that's where we are. That this kind of inf- information can come out against really popular, powerful people in our society, and we're all like, "Oh yeah, we already knew that." Yeah. Next thing. What's right. the next thing we can talk about? Let's uh, let's move on. Like where where are we as a society? Where or another headline will grab mm-hmm. attention? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. shooting, right? That took place. 
this morning. Uh, we don't have a ton of information on, so we're not going to talk about it yet because I see a lot of things going around on X about the shooting that took place in Iowa, but I don't trust any of the people that I saw posting about things about the shooting. So I've got to take more time to do some more research for myself because if I just go by what I saw next, the person was a trans rights, gender fluid person and uh, you know, lefty person and shot a few people at school in Iowa. Um, he's the only person that died or she or whatever. I don't know. I don't want to day. I was going to say, I don't want to make a man, but I guess he's not around to <laughs> get me back for it or anything. So yeah. um, anyhow, are you dead naming <clears throat> this person? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Oh, a sixth grader died? I didn't see that anyone had died. So mm. um, what was the... Oh, Stephen Hawking. So I guess I haven't seen the actual story, but I guess allegedly the story was that Stephen Hawking was a participant and that one of the things had to do with wanting to watch midgets naked um, solving uh, equations on a chalkboard that was too tall. <laughs> Literally, this is one of the stories. And the videos on X make it worth it to me that Musk paid $44 billion for it. Because when you look at Stephen Hawking on that, I look, I crack up every time I see it. The thought that pops in my mind when I think of Stephen Hawking on Epstein's Island and it was wheelchair is from Scary Movie 2. When he's like, oh, no, I, I can do it myself. I don't think I've seen that one. You haven't seen that where he's like, there's, like, the guys take my strong hand. I thought that was in Scary Movie One. Is that two? I thought it was two. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's two. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Like, yeah. But the, the but the one that is in the wheelchair, where he's like, <laughs> "Oh no, no, I can do it myself." I don't remember that part. You don't remember? That I remember part? the strong hand. Yeah. <laughs> take my little hand. Oh. Uh, like Stephen Hawking jumping out of a chair when he saw a twelve-year-old. <laughs> like that's pretty good. That was a crazy video. Yeah, that by was. The way. I saw that. Yeah, family Guy lift. <laughs> Listen to up the forklift. You get, I mean, the videos, just search Stephen Hawking on Twitter right now. It's totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Hawking on his way to Epstein Island with a midget stewing black hole classical. T t t uh, I think it should be deviations on the chalkboard. Um, it's all <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Oh, they're all really good. I love that we can laugh about uh, pedophilia and um, yeah. you know child rape and all that stuff. But uh, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah, as uh, as I've always heard throughout my life. Any other things that you want to say about this this case before we move on to a leftover from the conversation from yesterday? I mean, my hope is that the people who should be brought to justice are brought to justice. I yeah. do. I do hope. I mean, as Liberty people, we believe there's something about, you know, child sexual abuse that really makes me angry. <laughs> like, is, is it the child sexual abuse? Yes, it's that oh, okay. part of it. All right. Yeah. Especially like once you like, and I'm sure if you don't have a kid, you probably get angry too. But once you have a kid, like when I watched Down to Freedom, like that little boy, it's Parker's age. Mm -hmm. And so you're just like, man, if anybody tried to touch him. I like, I would, I would go on a murder rampage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would. It's like, because like these kids are so innocent and precious. Um, it's just, and, and doing anything against anyone's will for that matter, whether you're a kid or an adult, whatever. Um, I just feel like they're so, they're such evil, heinous crimes and that people should pay for them. I mean, yeah. You know, as liberty-minded people, like, you, you shouldn't hurt people and don't take their stuff. I'm not a fan of the... And if you're I, violating someone's self-ownership against their will. Especially a child. And then forcing them to have sex with other people. Yeah. Like, for money, it's so gross. It's just, it makes me so angry Statistically, that I hope these people go to prison. I statistically, hope, what do you think the odds of that are? 50-50. 50-50? You're I'll giving it, it that good? I was going to say a million to one. No, I think some are probably going to go to jail. Some are going to be implicated or whatever. Others are going to be able to get out of it. What are they going to do as, as far as proof goes? You know? I I'm sorry. Know. I, I, as much as I agree that all of this stuff happened, I don't just take the third party word about Bill Clinton liking, 
you know, Jeffrey Epstein telling this girl that Bill Clinton likes young girls. My thing is, doesn't though, mean anything look, to me. If you they know? have, if they have this much evidence, <clears throat> like if Epstein wrote these people down on a list, yeah, they have the flight logs, they have all that. They, there's got to be other well, information. Allegedly, there is a lot of other information. I believe it was Marsha Blackburn not too long ago said that uh, when Epstein was raided, when all this went down, uh, that he had that he had taped all these people so we could hold it over their heads and that the FBI seized possession of all of those things 15 years ago. And, um, and I don't know what they're doing with it. It's probably going to get lost in their move to their new $3 billion building in Washington. That's getting built, you know? So we'll see. Uh, that, okay. Let's abruptly switch to, I know that we talked a lot about this yesterday, but there's a little bit new, a little bit more new things. Mm. One of them is that, uh, we said Claudine yesterday. It's Claudine that I don't want to get accused of being racist or anti-gay. Oh. You know? Uh, but anyway, Claudine Gay has an opinion piece in the New York Times. Mm. What if I just call her Claudine? Claudine. We just call her gay. Okay. Uh, what happened at Harvard is bigger than me. So a little bit of a DEI conversation. And I wasn't going to talk about this until I, I, I read a little bit of it. Okay. So she talks about how she's very upset about this and goes on to say, my hope is that by stepping down, I will deny demagogues the opportunity to further weaponize my presidency in their campaign to undermine the ideals animating Harvard since its founding, excellence, openness, independence, truth. <laughs> As I depart, and this is where it gets a little bit um, political here because she's, she's actually drawing ties to uh, uh, some old regimes throughout history and things that they did. I think she is anyway. She says, as I depart, I must offer a few words of warning. The campaign against me was about more than one university and one leader. This was merely a single skirmish and a broader war to unravel public faith and pillars of American society. <laughs> Campaigns of this kind often start with attacks on education and expertise because these are the tools that best equip communities to see through propaganda. So people going to Harvard is one of the best ways that people learn how to see through propaganda mm -hmm. and or going to college in general. Yeah. One of the best ways that you learn to see through propaganda. Yeah. You don't learn how to differentiate. Mm -hmm. If you don't go well, to college. Yeah. The higher education is where you're supposed to, these institutions mm -hmm. teach you to accept difference of thought and everything. I mean, it's an attack on democracy, mm -hmm. honestly, probably this whole thing. And, uh, whereas, but such campaigns don't end there. Trusted institutions of all types from public health agencies to news organizations will continue to fall victim to coordinated attempts to undermine their legitimacy and ruin their leader's credibility. You know what undermines legitimacy and ruin and ruins credibility? Lying. Lying to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like what the CDC <clears throat> did. Mm -hmm. what news organizations did do all the every day do. if they're yeah. doing it right now. Yeah. We, That's could, what, we could open one up right now. We're going to hear someone lie within 10 seconds, <laughs> but it's, it's these, it's these right wing trolls on Twitter that are, that are uh, making them victims of these coordinated attempts and they're undermining their legitimacy. If it weren't for those people, I mean, these organizations are fully legitimate. Okay, for the opportunist driving cynicism about our institutions, no single victory or toppled leader exhausts their zeal. They're going to keep lying. <laughs> now she's right, she's right about that. I mean, you kill, uh, you kill the head of ISIS and another person pops up. Same mm -hmm. thing with colleges. <laughs> exact same thing. You know, someone mm. else is going to get in there and do the same stuff. Again, only they'll make sure that they cite their sources. Uh, unlike her. Now, what's also really fun is... Later on, she says, having now seen how quickly the truth can become a casualty amid controversy, I'd urge broader caution. At tense moments, every one of us must be more skeptical than ever of the loudest and most extreme voices in our culture, however well-organized or well-connected they might be. Like BLM? No, I just want to <laughs> remind you that just previously... She was saying that these people are falling victim to coordinated attempts to undermine their legitimacy, the people attacking them and, uh, you know, campaigning so people won't be able to see through propaganda and all that. So there's attacks on education and expertise, but also 
uh, it's up to every one of us to be more skeptical than ever. She must have pasted the wrong paragraph. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I wonder if people are scrutinized, <laughs> scrutinizing this op. I'm sure they did. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. Actually. She probably asked chat GPT. To and actually her. kind of a funny troll by her. If she would have plagiarized this, yeah. you know, I saw a hilarious post and I'm, uh, I can't remember how they ended it, but they, uh, it, it said it's only plagiarism. If it comes from the French re region of plagiar, uh, anything else is just sparkly academic malfeasance or something <laughs> like that. I can't remember what they said. Yeah. It was, it was really mm. funny. Okay. Um, anyhow, you're supposed to be skeptical of anyone except for the news, unless it's Fox News, probably the news, uh, public health agencies, universities, any attacks on them are just efforts to undermine their credibility. So you can stop people from being able to see through propaganda and so you can undermine the pillars of our society. But also you have to be very skeptical of people who aren't them, people who aren't in the elite, established elite that we already have. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I just thought that that was cool. She also says here is that universities must remain independent venues where courage and reason unite to advance truth, no matter what forces set against them, mm -hmm. like their president being caught plagiarizing. <laughs> And yeah. just to be, uh, I know that uh, just like yesterday, we pointed a lot to the plagiarizing, the plagiarism. Listen, the, at the end of the day, she got let go because they were losing billions of dollars in donations because of the stuff that was going on between Israel and Hamas mm -hmm. and what she said about that. Like that, that's really why she got pushed out. I, this gave them a, a an academic reason, you know, to to get rid of her. Uh, but that's that's actually what's happening here. Um Okay, now, d continuing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mark Cuban. You know who Mark Cuban is? Uh, yeah, yeah. From, uh, Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Owns the Mavericks or used to. I think he sold I think he's most selling, of his, yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, Pretty yeah. good investment, I think. Rich guy, well-known guy, famous guy. Um, he, he responds to Elon Musk, and I just found this to be very annoying. Elon Musk said, discrimination on the basis of race which DEI does is literally the definition of racism. So Elon Musk is calling out DEI, not a big fan of it. Okay. Mark Cuban disagrees uh, with, why didn't you guys tell me the whole time that the freaking screen wasn't on the thing? We're going to say anything the whole time. I don't look at no. the, the camera. I like us. Um, Mark, <laughs> that'll be super exciting for everyone to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's me and you. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to now, look how exciting this is. Yeah, that's way better. You got words on the screen right mm -hmm. now. Uh, Mark Cuban says, let me help you out and give you my thoughts on DEI. He does something very annoying here. Number one, diversity. So we got the D. Good businesses look where others don't to find the employees that will put your business in the best possible position to succeed. You may not agree, but I take it as a given that there are people of various races, ethnicities, orientation, et cetera, that are regularly excluded from hiring consideration. By extending our hiring search to include them, we can find people that are more qualified. The loss of DEI-phobic companies is my gain. We live in a country with very diverse demographics. In this era where trust of businesses can be hard to come by, people tend to connect more easily to people who are like them. Um, he makes a point here that diversity is actually really strong because when you widen your pool of available workers that you're willing to look at, which is a diverse group of workers, you look at everyone, well, that could make you a better business because you could actually find people that are better for the job. The really annoying part about that is that's not what DEI requirements actually ask you to do. They ask you to narrow your pool of workers down to people that are just one color yeah. or that are one sex. It's the exact opposite of what he's talking about. But he's arguing against Elon Musk and acting like this is what DEI is this whole time. Equity, treating people equally does not mean treating them the same. I made the mistake for a lot of years thinking it did. Equity is a core principle of business. Put your employees in a position to succeed. Recognize their differences and play, their, play to their strengths wherever possible. It's not a hard concept, but it's not easy to implement. Most, most workforces don't have the depth of management to do this well. Once again, he talks about this good idea of equity, but he says the E, equity, in DEI and those requirements for businesses means that you just put your employees in a position to succeed. It does not mean treating mm -hmm. them the same. 
by the way. No, <laughs> not that. You don't want to treat them the same. Yeah. No, he doesn't say that you don't treat them the same. Um, but he's basically saying equity over equality. Once again, he's arguing against Elon Musk using a version of DEI that doesn't exist. And that is really annoying to me because I don't know if you guys know this about Mark Cuban. He's my least favorite person on Shark Tank because he seems like a huge douchebag. <laughs> like he seems like a, just an ass. Okay. And I can say that on the radio. I've never seen a more donkey guy than this dude. Yeah. All right. I don't mind him. You don't mind him? Nope. I couldn't stand him on think, Shark Tank. I, I Kevin, used to dream of telling him to go F himself I on Shark O'Leary's Tank. I think O'Leary's more of a, of a douche. No, nah, he's all right. He's he's tender-hearted guy. Eh. He's a good dude. Mm, I don't know. He says some mean stuff, but I'm telling you, Mark Cuban is the actual a-hole. You think so? The, yes. Hmm. Can't stand that guy. I can give you some examples. Yeah. <laughs> Love that show. Well, it's what's he's trying to be like a an advocate of DEI, but then redefining. Yeah, that's the thing. It and this makes sense. Yeah, like sure. You hire a bunch of diverse people, you play to their strengths. That's all good business stuff. Yeah. But what DEI what what DEI says is that you must put people of different color and races on your board, mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not they're qualified. It's just you have to have you have to have what looks like different people it's not that in they're, positions of power. It's not that they're not qualified. It's that they might not be the most qualified person for that job because you narrowed your search criteria down so you could fulfill a DEI quota, which is the exact opposite of what he says when he's talking about diversity. Because he said it's good to be diverse because then you look at a wider pool of people. That's not what happens under DEI. Under DEI, if you have four positions, if three of them are filled by white people, then the fourth one must be filled by whatever, a black person, whatever it is, okay? That's narrowing down your criteria. Mm. That's not doing what's best for the company. It's the exact opposite of what he's talking about. He goes, uh, he claps back at someone um, later on because someone says... Do Wait, the what does he say about I, though, inclusion? Uh, go ahead. Uh, he says, one of my favorite sayings is that great employees reduce the stress of those around them. Great companies create environments that reduce unnecessary stress of their employees. I'm not talking hitting quota or getting the product out the door stress, which in turn increases productivity. This is what inclusion is all about. Making all employees, no matter who they are, or how they see themselves, feel comfortable in their environment and able to do their jobs. Again, it's not easy. He can do it. He Listen, he sounds like a great benevolent business owner who has redefined what DEI means and is saying, what's wrong with DEI? It just means what I say it means at my company. Are you against this completely different version of DEI than what, than what everyone's talking about mm -hmm. implementing? And so that's, uh, once again, it's just really annoying. Someone responds, J.D. Vance says, do the Dallas Mavericks reflect the demographics of America as a whole? Because <laughs> that was one of the things he said earlier. Um, and Cuban says, if you're trying to make a stupid comment, you nailed it first as an organization as a whole. Yes, we do. More importantly, if you understand the value of DEI, it's not in checklists and quotas. It's an understanding how to best compete as a company. Since when is DEI understanding how to best compete as a company? DEI is understanding how to best put different color and sex people on your board or on your pictures on your website or whatever it is. That's mm. he's arguing in favor of what we say businesses should do. And he's doing it because someone called him out on the Dallas Mavericks because they're not going to be fulfilling any DEI quote on the court. I can tell you that maybe, maybe he said, we hire the people who put us in the best position to succeed. That's exactly what you well, should that do. Sounds like a fine idea. Yeah. <laughs> so he argues in favor he argues in agreement with the people who are against what actual DEI standards are, but making the case that DEI standards are what they want DEI standards to be and what he wants them to be, not what they actually are and how they're actually implemented them in Interesting. process. I don't know. I, I think first off, it starts off with the fact that I freaking hate Mark Cuban. Okay. Although, you know, he started that cost plus drugs thing, you know, that we talked about it probably mm -hmm. on a white pill Wednesday one time. That's great. That's a great thing. Still seems like a big D-bag to me. Um, 
let's talk. We, we wouldn't be a great libertarian economics podcast if we didn't highlight some new regulations coming down from the Department of Energy. Oh, this is so boring, Nate. I know. I want to talk about how Epstein has an island in the, <laughs> on the flat earth. The turn the frogs gay. And these, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the clotting gays frogs are down there on the island. I want to talk about something that has actually that has actually affected me in the last couple of years okay. and forced me to spend thousands of extra dollars. So, and that is so now we're in the segment of personal stories. But it's personal okay. to it's personal to everyone, and it will be personal to everyone eventually because it I'm affects too close to your camera. I it affects your pocketbook. Going in front of you. Yeah. Well, when we get real cameras, we're going to be fine. Um, not that these aren't real cameras, mm. they're, they're expensive cameras, I know. But the, the uh, Department of Energy finalizes efficiency standards for residential refrigerators and freezers. So yes, that's your refrigerators and your freezers at home. Closing out a remarkable year of cost-saving progress. Mm. Isn't it just great that we've got the Department, the Department of Energy here to help us lowly, Dumb individuals figure out that if we would have just bought the one that was a thousand dollars more, we would have saved money 15 years from now. And luckily they're here to show all of us that that's the case. That's for you. Apparently. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're going to save money by making you buy something that's more expensive. Go ahead, Charlie, read some stuff. All right. The Biden administration unveiled environmental regulations Friday, targeting multiple popular home and commercial appliances in an action that will impact millions of Americans, but which federal officials said would help curb carbon emissions. It's Thank all God. about the planet. They're saving the planet. Did you see the headline from, um, I think from the New York Post or something, talking about how breathing? Oh, I have seen that, yeah. Breathing is what's really... Mm -hmm. human. Humans. Humans breathing. We just need less humans. The Department of Energy both finalized new energy efficiency standards for residential refrigerators and freezers and proposed standards for commercial fans and blowers. Overall, the agency said the actions would eliminate 420 million metric tons of quote, dangerous carbon dioxide emissions over the next three decades and save households and businesses 5 billion a year on utility bills until the utility company raises it. There's nothing I trust more than when a department in the U S government projects something 30 years out into the future. You just can't get any more accurate than that. <laughs> and me, when they project tell the you amount of savings <laughs> yeah. that consumers are going to have. They're always so great at, at budgeting these savings. And yeah. By the way, since you mentioned that. Has anybody's electric bill ever gone down? I'm glad. Ever? Charlie, I'm glad you asked that question. Have you ever thought, like you compared your years and you're like, oh, we <clears> paid $300 less this year for electricity than we did last year? In the last three years? I've gotten a new refrigerator, a new HVAC unit, and a new water heater. And my bill has not changed. It's the same as it was before that. Well, you're so, probably using more lights now because you're like, oh, we got that new water heater. Leave well, it. all the house Leave has... Leave that fucking light on, Lacey. All the, all the, uh, the house has all the twice as expensive LED lights, too. Which, by the way, the numbers on those things are fake, too. They don't account for turning them on and off. They're like, oh, if you turn it on, how long will it last? 18 years? Sounds good. They don't count for when you're flipping on and off all the time. Yeah. Okay? Sorry. I read that uh, in, a, in a book in once. A, in a book. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Today's announcement is a testament to the Biden-Harris administration's commitment to lowering utility costs for working families. You need that money because they're raising prices on everything else. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have to buy more expensive stuff. Which is helping to simultaneously strengthen energy independence and combat the climate crisis. I don't know why I haven't thought of this before. This is taking care of all of the problems. We're not going to worry about mm -hmm. hurricanes anymore after this. Yeah. The Department of Energy will continue to move quickly in 2024 together with our industry partners and stakeholders to update and strengthen outdated stakeholders. Mm. I always you know, wondered about that. <laughs> they have... They have stakeholders. Yeah. Hmm. It's a stakeholder government. Uh, they're going to update. By the way, sorry. It says, you know, we talk about how slow the government moves on everything. I'm like, oh, they should be more efficient. Not the Department of Energy. Now, I, I realized that I kind of, I think the government should move slow on things. Because when I saw the Department of Energy will continue to move quickly, I was like, oh, that's not good. Slower. I want them to move yeah. slower. That's what I want. I want them to not exist. I want the speed of tyranny to slow down. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry. 
So uh, they're going to update and strengthen outdated energy efficiency standards. Well, how are they? They're outdated? Yeah. Well, these standards were going to save people money back then. I know. Now they're outdated. Why don't we just go ahead and do the standards for like 2042? You know, that way these don't get outdated pretty soon. Or you mean, why don't we just do it for... Let's go and predate these 40, standards. 4042. I want them... I like my standards indated. Let's go out a couple thousand years. Let's do it. Create the most energy efficient <laughs> refrigerator known to man and woman. Uh, anyway, it's critical to innovation, more consumer options, and healthier communities. Of course, their standards for refrigerators and freezers will be implemented between 2029 and 2030. More, got, more consumer options? Got about six years. The, so. the, the point of these things is to take some products off the market. Well, and then get new ones. Okay, you'll yeah. get new ones to replace those. It's going to mark you. the first update to standards impacting those appliances in more than a decade. According to the announcement, the updated standards, which will take less efficient but cheaper models off the market, <laughs> it's going to help poor people mm -hmm. for sure. Will in 30 years remove the amount of emissions generated by the combined annual emission emissions of 12.7 million homes. Now, I like what they did just, just then. In 30 years, it will remove the amount of emissions generated by the combined annual emissions of 12.7 million homes. Because if you actually looked at what it would remove every year, they'd be like, yeah, it's going to cover like six houses. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not, it's not quite what it is, but you know what I mean? <laughs> well, so you have the combined annual emissions of 12.7 million homes. Let's just say it's, whatever, what was that, 400 million metric tons? Something like that. It'll take <clears throat> 30 years. Now, how many metric tons? <laughs> that means those 12.7 million homes over the next 29 years are still going to create yeah, 400 yeah. million metric tons. <laughs> no, uh, 29 times that much. Exactly. Yeah. For the next 29 years. <laughs> yeah. So 29 times. You're cutting one year out. You're, for 12.7 million, million homes. Not even all of them. Yeah. How many homes are in the United States? <laughs> what they should have said is in 30 years, it will remove the amount of emissions generated by the combined annual, by the combined three days worth of emissions from all the homes in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they should have said. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, by the way, they just followed the lead and modeled efficiency standards that were established by California, mm. thus proving why the big earthquake cannot come soon enough. Okay. <laughs> just break that shit off. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyhow, we don't really have to go. I also looked at like, Energy Star, you know, you see those Energy Star ratings and I was looking into how they calculate these numbers and how much money they're going to save you over time. And even though you're buying a more expensive product. And did you know, Charlie, that one of the ways that they say this is going to save you a lot of money is because they look at the life of the product and they might look at a refrigerator and they say, this thing's going to last 20 years. And so therefore, over this 20 years, here's how much money you're going to save by buying the more expensive refrigerator right now. But 20 years from now, this thing's really going to be paying for itself. Now, the issue is that you think you're going to keep a fridge for 20 years? Are you going to keep it for 15 I, I mean, the ice maker is going to go out within six yeah, months. I know. If it's a Samsung, yeah, you got six months left on that thing tops and you're getting a new one. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have them out there working on it or whatever. It's mm -hmm. more efficient. They don't know how to work on it. The thing barely works because of all the efficiency standards. You can get like three cubes of ice. Okay. And here's, here's a guy who has it right, by the way. At the end of the article, of course, Ben Lieberman says that refrigerator standards are much like dishwashers and clothes washers where there've been so many standards over the decades that were either at a point of diminishing returns or negative returns. And there is a tendency for the agency's own an analysis to inflate the benefits. You don't say. Hmm. Consumers are perfectly capable of making these decisions on their own, including consumers who want to buy extra efficient refrigerators or other models. By the way, the marketing on these energy efficient things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like you walk in the store and you see like um, the the bright yellow stickers or the the blue star or whatever, and they tell you big, bold letters how much money you're going to save. And when you look at them side by side, because I've done this before, I'm like, well, you know, this one might be $50 more, but we might save whatever mm -hmm. and buy a higher quality product. I always believe in buyer, buying higher quality products. You do? That'll last. Must be nice. A lot longer. Because in the end, you will actually save money. 
But the problem is, is that's not always the case when you, as he says here, when they force it on people. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to make the same terrible washer or refrigerator or whatever more expensive because now they have to comply with these standards. Here's the other thing that happens. It drives out competition. The people, the, the manufacturers who can't afford the updates or people who want to start a new company, it takes a lot more startup costs. It's harder to get investors. You, you imagine pitching a deck to investors, <laughs> you know, like, well, what do you want to do, Nate? Well, you know, I got mm. this idea for a refrigeration company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they are like, why, why, why it's going to cost so much money to even create a refrigerator. Charlie, we've they already all got have to have the same standards. We've already got enough refrigeration companies. Okay. We've yeah. already got like three. And they're oh, okay. all monopolies. Okay. So sorry for cutting off your boardroom meeting right there. You're pitching no, the Mark Cuban right now. Go ahead. No. Oh, well, he already denied my investment. <laughs> yeah. um, ben says here, what these standards do is they force that choice on everyone, whether it makes sense for them or not. And we know from history that in some cases, these standards raise the upfront costs more than you're likely to earn back in the form of energy savings. Let me tell you what happens. You see right now, if you go to buy a refrigerator, you got your non-efficient refrigerator that literally has a sticker on the front of it that says, I don't give a shit about the environment. And that's what it says on the front of the refrigerator, okay? And then you got the more efficient ones, but they're more expensive, okay? Now, the people that are selling the more efficient refrigerators have to compete with the other refrigerator that looks nice. It's stainless steel. It looks good, but maybe it's not as efficient. And so they are... It's stainless still. Still. It's yeah. still stainless, <laughs> And it will always be because that stuff lasts forever. Okay. They have to <laughs> consider the price of the cheaper, less efficient option because that is something that they have to compete with. That is an option that is available to people. And so when they look at these, how much money are we going to save Americans? They look at what those efficient refrigerators cost right now. But that doesn't tell you what they're going to cost when they don't have to compete with the cheaper options because then they become the cheaper option and they become the only option and they can increase their prices because they don't have to worry about competing with the less efficient refrigerators. And we did this whole breakdown on water heaters when yeah. they had to get a new water heater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the same thing, you know, my H, I told you this was personal to me because I had, uh, I, here's what I needed for my HVAC unit. It worked fine. Kept me cold, kept me warm, whatever I needed. That thing was up all night, out all day. <laughs> I needed to... You had it. a love-love relationship yeah. with that HVAC unit. I needed to put more... Until she died. I needed to put more Freon in it. Like one of the coils, I needed a new coil, and I needed to refill it with Freon. Well, guess what? The government and all of its benevolence decided that I'm not allowed to put Freon in my HVAC unit anymore because you can't make that stuff anymore. You got to buy secondhand. You see a guy down the, sh down the street... He's like, you need Freon? I got Freon, you know? And uh, you got to go get from him. Well, he charges like six grand for the Freon for your unit. A new one was eight. Used to, I could have paid like 500 bucks and refilled that thing. But because they decided that they cared about the environment or whatnot, they decided that they were going to make it to where I had to buy a new unit. And just like you with your refrigerator, I was kind of excited, weirdly enough, about how much money I was going to be saving Obama told me I was going to be saving like, uh, you know, the average family is going to be saving 50 bucks a month uh, on their heat bill by switching to this efficient HVAC thing. I never saw, I would, the Army must keep that money because I still never seen a nickel of that $50 <laughs> savings. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're really close to the Corps of Engineer <clears throat> land yeah, right it's there right on the there. lake. Yeah. right next to me. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Must be where all that extra is going. All right, we got to go. It's it's four thirty five. I feel like the utility <laughs> companies like can see the fact that you have a new energy efficient so one. Bump up the price just yeah. a little bit, which is another thing that happens. That's another thing that happens. Even as you get more efficient, you get cars that are more efficient with their gas mileage. What did they find out? Well, you're willing to pay this much money to drive this many miles. Well, now you're getting way more miles out of this car. We can can charge a little bit more for the gas. You know. Because that's what you're willing to pay for this. This I was willing to pay $200 a month for my electricity. And if I started using way less electricity, what they found is they bumped the price up a little bit. And doesn't ever save you any money. It doesn't actually happen. No. Because of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. And that, yeah. that's what they'll blame, mm-hmm. even though this is being forced. Corporate greed. By regulations that we have no control over. We don't get to vote for the Department of Energy. Mm-mm. All you got to do is uh, vote for the guy that picks the guys that run it. That's <sighs> it. All right. Well, way to end on a sour note. I guess this whole show was kind of sour. The white pill was the people making fun of Stephen Hawking. Okay, let's not forget that. Go search Stephen Hawking on X and watch the videos. I love it when the internet comes together and it's like everyone agreed that there is a trend right now of making fun of Stephen Hawking. Like it's totally, Mm -hmm. it's completely fine to put a video of someone in a wheelchair doing something ridiculous on X right now. No one's going to say anything about it because you're making fun of someone who may or may not have been a pedophile or something like that. It's totally fine. And they're dead. And he's dead. So who cares? <laughs> All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, share the show with a friend, family member, or foe. Go check out all the socials, as I tell you to do all the time. Just go do it. Go to the website. Leave a rating and review. <laughs> if you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for some Dumb Bleep of the Week. All yeah, right. First yeah, of the year. We're there. Dumb Bleep of the Week. America's favorite episode. Dumb Bleep number one for 2024. Yeah. We might not even make it to Dumb Bleep of the Year. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, cli- if the climate keeps going this way. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be too hot by that It's time. been kind of cold the, the last couple of days, overheat. but I've, this has been the hottest, you know, winter it's, on record. It's, it's an El Nino. And until the, until, until the boy is done keeping everything warm, <laughs> then um, we're going to, mm. we're going to stay warmer than usual. Well, the problem is we keep breathing. Mm. We should fix yeah. that. You know that song, Every Breath You Take. Yeah. That sh- was... That was about climate change. Yeah, it was. Sad song. Yeah. But she was way ahead of her time. She? <laughs> yeah. They. Yeah. We're way ahead of their I time. I believe I can hear Sting singing that song right now. Pretty sure in my head. I was talking about the cover. Oh, the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that cover. That was a great <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, you know. I forgot about that one. You remember yeah. the, yeah. That was good. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Till then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty. Liberty.